In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Please be seated. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ our risen Savior and Lord, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Who is Jesus? That's the question before us tonight. It's really the question before every person every day, isn't it? Who is Jesus? We're not taking a Barna or Gallup poll here. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus for you? The first 18 verses of the Gospel of John the great prologue to the Gospel of John are before us during our Advent season. The first five verses tonight beg the question, who is Jesus? There are lots of people who have many and various opinions about Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. Over the last six months or so, during the presidential election and everything leading up to it, there was a lot of religion in the news. Is someone a good Catholic or a not-so-good Catholic? Can someone be a Christian who spends more time on the golf course than in church? A lot of questions, and it was really interesting to see how the reporters handled the topic of Jesus. It was very clear that most of the journalists who were doing the reporting had no clue who Jesus is according to the Christian faith. My friends, this should not surprise us. It shouldn't surprise us, but it should bother us when people are to ask questions or speak authoritatively on a topic that they haven't researched and they certainly don't believe. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The situation, as John is writing his first gospel, was very similar to the situation we have now. People had many and various opinions with regard to Jesus. Who is he? What is he? There were many people who taught that Jesus was a real person. A real historical person. But that's all he was. A man. A human being. 
A human being who was a good teacher. A human being who was a moral example. A human being who, who sacrificed himself in love. Dead, buried, end of story. The thought of Jesus being anything more than a human being was laughable. There were others that taught that Jesus was God. God come down to earth. God who was masking himself as a human being. God who had disguised himself as a human being. But he was God. And God alone. And when he had done his work, he went back to heaven. Leaving us a set of rules, regulations, a morality, a way to live. Do you see the similarity in both of these teachings? They all end up with you saving yourself. They all end up with you following someone's example. The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle John, in these first 18 verses of John, teaches us in a nutshell everything we need to know to answer the question, who is Jesus? We've been reviewing in catechism class the second article of the Apostles' Creed. That's why we've been confessing the Apostles' Creed the last several weeks. Luther's meaning to the second article. Perhaps no more beautiful human words have ever been written. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from all eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. In one sentence, Luther summarizes the person of Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? He is true God. He is true man. He is true God, begotten of the Father from all eternity. He is true man, born of the Virgin Mary. He is for me. My Lord, my God, my Savior. Who is Jesus? My friends, when we read the first five verses of John's Gospel, John is attacking all of those who would say that Jesus is merely a mortal. That Jesus is not fully and completely divine. In the beginning was the Word. Seems like a strange way to start. In the beginning. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. 
John wants us to think about the first words of the Bible. In the beginning, in the beginning. This is about creation. In the beginning was the Word. The Word? The Logos? In the beginning was the Word. Well, what is this Word? And the Word was with God. Oh, well, that helps. Earlier today, I was with Vicar. Before that, I was with Pastor Moline. I had supper with my wife. We know what it's like to be with someone, right? So the Word was with God. And the Word was God. How can that be? I was with Vicar, but I'm not Vicar. I was with Pastor Moline, but we are two separate people. I was with my wife, and while two become one in holy matrimony, we are still two separate and distinct people. John is teaching us in the most simple language how Jesus, the Word, the Logos, was with God and is God. He's teaching us the mystery of the Holy Trinity. We haven't gotten to the Holy Spirit yet, not in these five verses, but that's coming. One God in three persons, three persons in one God. The Logos, the Word, Jesus, is the second person of the Trinity. Jesus, the Word, the Logos, is God. Though it appears to be unbelievable, and it certainly can be puzzling, it is true. You hear that? It appears to be unbelievable and puzzling, but it's true. You can't figure this out by your own reason or your own intellect or your own strength. This must be revealed to you by God the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what he does in his word. The word, the logos, was with God. And the word, the logos, is God. Well, what was he doing? He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. There were some at that time and some today that teach that Jesus is the first created being. John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, teaches us that that is nonsense, that is false, that is a lie. Because through the Word, through the Logos, through Jesus, all things were created. 
Jesus can't be a created being if everything was created through him. And in case you didn't get it, as John states it in a positive way, he turns right around and says the exact same thing in a negative way. Without him, Jesus was not anything made that was made. God the Father speaks the Word. And through the Word, all things come into being. Though it appears to be unbelievable and puzzling, it is true. Remember what Jesus says? I and the Father are one. He's speaking of his divinity. My friends, in order to understand and to answer the question, who is Jesus? We must be sure and certain that what God reveals to us in his holy scripture is true. Jesus is true God, begotten of the Father from all eternity. And Jesus is also fully and completely a human being. The two natures of Christ, true God and true man, all at the same time. Again, though it sounds unbelievable and puzzling, it is true. God has revealed it to us. Now, as important as it is to get it straight, that Jesus is true God and true man all at the same time. The next question is perhaps more important. So what? What difference does it make? Or why does our Savior, the Christ, the Messiah, have to be true God and true man? My friends, as we prepare for our celebration of Christmas, we can get all caught up with trees and tinsel and package and can we visit or not visit? Can we share a meal or not share a meal? Jesus comes into this world to save sinners from their sin. He comes into this world to save you from your sin. Our Savior has to be fully man, a human being, so he can suffer and die in our place on Calvary's cross. Our Savior, the Christ, the Messiah, has to be fully God so that he can rise from the dead, overcome sin, death, and the grave for you and me and the life of the world. The two natures of Christ is the cornerstone of our salvation. Without the two natures of Christ, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. John goes on. 
in Him. The Word. The Logos. Jesus. In Him was life. Now, of course, if all things were created through him, then Jesus is the source of life, of course. But that's not what John is talking about here. He's not talking about the life that all living things share. He's talking about life. True life. Eternal life. Everlasting Life. Life that has been earned by his bloody death and glorious resurrection. Life that is a gift that we apprehend by grace through faith. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. God who is pure light, Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, gives this light and life to you. You could say that you are enlightened by Jesus. We're talking here about the gift of faith. And then John makes a subtle, stark contrast. He says, the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. In the same way that God said, let there be light. And light shattered the darkness. Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, that light shatters the darkness of this sin-filled world. Are you, by your confession of who Jesus is, are you a child of the light or a child of the darkness? The light, Jesus, shines in the darkness. The darkness has not and cannot, nor will it ever, overcome the light. The stone-cold body of Jesus was placed in a tomb. Darkness ruled. But on that first Easter, Jesus rose from the dead. The light of the world shining brightly forever. And the darkness of sin, death, and the grave cannot and never will contain that light and life. Jesus Christ. The light and life of Jesus through the forgiveness of sins goes out into the entire world. That's good news, right? But many, many prefer the darkness. My friends, we live in a world of darkness. Sin, death, the grave, the devil, the world, and our flesh. They are all about 
the darkness. And so God sends forth people of the light, preachers of the light, to shine this light into a dark world. Adam and Eve were given the promise of the Savior who would come into the world. And they passed that on. They passed that on to their son, Seth. That light, that life, that message, that word goes forth. It goes forth through Noah, through the faithful sons of Noah, Shem and Japheth. It goes forth through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It goes forth through all the prophets until we get to the greatest of all prophets. John the Baptist, verse 6. Their message is always the same. Pointing people to the Word, the Logos, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were made, who has given you light and life. So here we sit. The first Wednesday in Advent, remembering the promises that God made in sending His Son Jesus, rejoicing in the fact that He continues to come to us in word and sacrament, looking forward to the day when Jesus comes again and power and might and glory. And yet the world is consumed with darkness. What darkness has enveloped you? What darkness is robbing you of your hope and your joy and your life? What darkness is swallowing, swallowing you up to the point where it doesn't seem like there is a God or there could ever be any hope? Is it the darkness of politics or pandemic? Is it the darkness of doubt? or apathy? It is, the, is it the darkness of family issues? Or finances? Or a hundred other things that Satan can use to try to pull the wool over your eyes and your faith? My friends, hear God's Word for you. The Word, Jesus Christ, was with God in the beginning. The Word is God. You were created through the powerful Word of God. And this Word has brought you life and light. No matter what darkness is enveloping you, the darkness cannot overcome the light. 
Jesus Christ is crucified for you. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead for you. Jesus Christ, the Word, will never leave you nor forsake you. That, my friends, is who Jesus is. That is life and light forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, and our light in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.